Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Amen. Thank you so much for your giving. Uh, Before I introduce our speaker today, who is no stranger to this house, I do want to say thank you to some of the people that have hung in there from those early days here at Bethesda Church. We had about 70 people, and we came up with ideas that we want to turn our church uh, into movie sets, and we're going to do this crazy series called At the Movies, and we're going to do anything possible to reach people who are far from God. I want to say thank you to all those that said yes and have hung in there because you decided to become a church that would reach the unchurched. Come on, can you let all those people know that you appreciate them saying yes? to reaching lost people. 53 people gave their life to Christ over the last four weeks, and we could not do that without people that said yes uh, to that mandate, to be a church for the unchurched. And we're excited about what God is doing in this season. We celebrate all those that you went public through water baptism today. We love you. We honor you. One more time, can you let those people know how much you appreciate them taking that step today? Well, today we we have a friend of this house and a personal friend of mine who has an incredible anointing on his life. Uh, He has an amazing church in Orlando, Florida, New Beginnings. He has uh, been seen on TBN for many years, uh, hosting that and travels the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we're so honored to have him with us again today. And I'm more honored to call you friend. Uh, Bethesda, would you stand this morning and would you give a big Bethesda welcome to Pastor Jonathan Miller as he comes to share the word with us. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Jump up on your feet. Come on, jump up on your feet. First of all, let me just say how great it is to be here. You guys experience something that we don't get to experience in Florida, and it's called fall. Uh, (laughs) I got off the plane. I'm like, what are these red and yellow leaves on the tree? Because we're green 24-7, 365 days a year. So thanks for giving me some cool weather. Thanks for the rain. I didn't ask for that, but thank you for that. I'm so glad to be here today, and I want to tell you that I am excited about what God is doing. I told Pastor in between the services today that there is something fresh and something new here in this church. And I want you to clap your hands and thank God for it. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. And as Pastor Pastor just mentioned, I've had the privilege of traveling. You know, this past June was 25 years full-time on the road. Uh, Started when I was 17. I'm 22, so I don't know how that worked out. But anyway, uh, I've been doing this for a little while, and I have been around so many great leaders and great men and women of God. But I said this in first service. I want to say it again. You guys have two of the most special and incredible pastors that I've ever seen in my life. You really do. You really do. And I want us, I want us to be thankful that they have the courage to do stuff that's out of the box because a lot of religious people don't want a moving dinosaur in their lobby. But I say bring the dinosaur. Bring that coffee. Oh, Jesus. 
Come on, give God praise. You're in a church with bold and courageous leaders that'll do anything they can to reach your family. I want everyone to stand with me. We're going to pray and get right into the word today. But I want to encourage, as I did in the first service, all of you that are in leadership, volunteering, serving week in and week out. Let me just encourage you to keep on keeping on because what you're doing is working. And it's not working because your attendance is up. It's working because the population of heaven is increasing because of you. So just keep on keeping on in the name of Jesus. If you would, lift your hands with me. Father, I thank you today for the privilege we have to be gathered into this place. Thank you for what's happened during worship. Thank you for these incredible baptisms. Lord, their lives were touched. Our lives were touched. And I pray over the next few minutes, you would just place a, a fresh oil and anointing on my life to articulate your heart, to communicate your word and anoint your people to hear it. And even though they might not have been here in the first service, Lord, the atmosphere remembers that our shout is not just for us, it's for somebody else. Our clap today and our yes and amen is not just for us, it's for somebody else. So anoint our shout, anoint our clap, anoint our amen and our agreement, and let us not leave this place the same way we came. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen. Would you give God the best praise you've given him all day? Come on, give him the best praise you've given him. There you go. Anyone that was at first service, you know what ah means. Come on, give me a little bit of, just clap your hands and shout one more time. Give him praise. Give him praise. You may be seated. You may be seated. I want to read out of the gospel of John, the 20th chapter. We'll read about four or five verses. And the title of my message today is don't hide your scars. Don't hide your scars. Now, please, this won't be just a heavy message. It's going to be a liberating message. Because I, I brought up in church, sadly, often Christians use their relationship with God to cover an area of weakness rather than allow the power of God to heal that area of weakness. But the Bible is very clear that what the enemy means for evil, God will turn it for good. And I was beginning to speak this over the precious people that came up towards the altar at the end of first service. There is something powerful that happens when God begins to flip the script. When you've been abused for 17 years of your life and God brings you out of that, you know what you do? You start bringing other people out of abuse. And this is what I mean by declaring that everything the enemy meant to take you out and to destroy you, God is going to use it for destiny and purpose in your life. Just shout yes if you believe that today. Let's look up on the screen at John 20. And I want to read through uh, verse 20 through verse 24. Very famous scripture, very famous story. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. This is upon his resurrection. And he said to them, watch this closely, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails, everyone say scars, until I put my finger into the print or the scars from those nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I feel God in here. Verse 26, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. And Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be to you. Let's go on to our next verse. Then he said to Thomas, 
reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put them into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. He knew it was him. My Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you've seen me, because you've believed, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Nudge your neighbor and say, don't hide your scars. Don't hide your scars. And clap your hands and thank God for the reading of his word. If you would allow me just about seven to ten minutes, let's take our title. Let's take what we just read and let's put it on a shelf for just a few minutes. I'm a professional. I will come back for it, I promise. I will not forget where we put it. But I want to take you back just a few years to when I was 21 years old. And some of you'd have to go back even further than me, so don't be throwing stones. Come on, somebody. When I was 21 years old, I was about seven or eight weeks away from becoming the pastor of the church my mom and dad planted in 1980. And in many ways, Pastor Chad, it was a dream come true. That was my mom and dad's church. That's the church I grew up in. I gave my life to Jesus in that church. I got baptized, come on somebody, in that church. I played hide and go seek in that church. Because if you're a pastor's kid, you got to have some perks. Come on, somebody. I saw that church as not just a sanctuary, but at times that church was even my babysitter and my best friend. Because at 1.30 in the morning when your parents are the pastors and they're setting up tables and the other families are at home asleep, come on, you got to have yourself a best friend. And sometimes my best friend was that church. That was my mom and dad's church. That was the church I grew up in. So like I said, in many ways, it was a dream come true for me. But it was also a very difficult situation for me to step into. Many of you probably know my family story. I've shared it before. I won't go into the details of it, but this part is very important. We were in what I call an open-ended tragedy. There's a tragedy, but then there's an open-ended one. There was no closure to it. It lasted for over 18 years. So because of that, my family was busted up and broken. I was busted up and broken. The church was in a lot of pain. The church was in fragments and pieces. So this would have been a difficult situation for even the most skilled and experienced preacher to step into, let alone a 21-year-old me who had no clue what I was doing. And no one will shout here with me, but I'm 43 and I'm still trying to figure some stuff out in life. So this was a very difficult situation. Even though it was exciting, it was a difficult situation. And just being 21 years old, imagine being 21, becoming a senior pastor, that was a big enough responsibility. But now to couple that pastor with this difficult situation that I had to bring my family through, now a small congregation. At 21, I was smart enough to know I better go lock myself up with Jesus for a few days. Come on, go pray and get my head right, get my heart right. So I rented a log cabin in Tennessee for five days. I drove in from Northwest Ohio and I got in so late that first night, so tired, just dropped my bag on the floor, jumped in the bed and started watching TV. And wouldn't you know, whoever was at the cabin before I was, they were watching, and you mentioned it this morning, TBN, the Trinity Broadcasting Network. Now, I had heard of TBN before, but because I grew up in a small town, I'd never seen TBN. We didn't carry it on our local cable network. So I'd heard about it, but I'd never seen it. So watch me. I'm, I'm sitting there in bed watching the preaching, 
the teaching, the music, the excellence of ministry, feeling the power and the presence of God. And I sat there in that bed and I thought to myself, this is incredible. I'm just being honest. I'd never seen anything. like. I was crying and I was shouting. I was going all crazy. And for those of you that are a little bit younger than the rest of us, you probably won't remember this, but back in the day, there was this thing called television. All right, y'all catch up with me. This thing called television. We used to call it TV. That's what we called it. And back in the day when TV was a thing, TBN was the thing amongst Christian television. Best preachers and singers and gospel artists. They had Hollywood celebrities, sports stars. But twice a year, I'm coming to the point of my message here, twice a year, TBN did this thing called Praise-a-thon. And I'm about to run around this building right now thinking about it. Because Praise-a-thon was on a whole different level. You had back-to-back, -back, I mean, hours upon hours of preaching, worship, ministry, ministry, worship, preaching. And since I'm in a safe house today, can I confess my faults one to another? I, I was there for five days to pray, Pastor Chad. But instead of praying those five days, all I did was watch TBN the entire five days. And y'all can laugh with me because I thought, what would God have done in my ministry? I'd actually prayed that week, come on. But I just watched TBN, morning, noon, and night. Breakfast, TBN with my eggs. Dinner, TBN with my pizza. TBN in the morning, TBN in the evening. Come on, somebody. Just watching this thing. And I couldn't stop watching. It was incredible. And, and I remember telling God, some of you find this to be cool. I remember telling God when I was there, someday, Lord, would you let me be on that program? Not just on the network, but on the program. And wouldn't you know, seven years later, not one, but twice a year for eight consecutive years. God, he answers prayers. Come on, somebody, give him some praise for that. He gives you the desires of your heart. But the last night I was there, the pastor that was preaching was preaching a message. He was looking into the camera and he said, God will bring you to such a place of healing that he will even remove from you your scars. He'll heal you to such a point that he'll take away any evidence of you being hurt. And listen, at 21 years old, I fell on my knees in that log cabin, the fire crackling behind me, and I began to cry out to God, weeping. And I said, Lord, yes, this is what I need. I'm busted up. My family's busted up. My church is busted up. Won't you bring me to a place of healing where you even take away the scars? And I will never before God forget what I felt the Lord speak to me in that moment. And if he speaks something else to you, I'm not trying to impose my standard on anyone. This is just what I felt him speak to me. I felt the Lord say to me, if the scars were not taken from me, why would I take them from you? Nudge your neighbor and say, don't hide your scars. Put that on the shelf for five minutes and let's take our title and let's take what we read in John 20 off the shelf and let's start walking through the scripture. We read today of this man named Thomas who historically throughout the church, he's gotten a lot of grief because he's the one that had to see it in order to believe it. And even Jesus gives him this gentle rebuke when he says to him, I'm glad Thomas that you're believing it now that you saw it, but there is a greater blessing. Come on somebody for those that believe it without having to see it. But what you don't understand about God is that he has a way of flipping the script. Come on. 
He has a way of taking our weaknesses and turning them into our strength. He has a way of taking, as I said earlier, what the enemy meant for evil and turning it for our good. Watch what God does with the life of Thomas, doubting Thomas, Didymus. It is Thomas that reveals to us a principle that I have not seen revealed through anyone else in the scripture, through any other story. And God uses this man to reveal not only a powerful principle, but a very positive principle. And the principle is this. It is our scars that identify us to those that we are called to reach. It was Thomas, doubting Thomas, the one we've given so much trouble to over the years. He's the one that said, I will not believe that it is him until I take my finger and I touch those scars and until my eyes begin to see those scars. And once Thomas saw the scars and he felt the scars, then he stands up and says with confidence, that is my Jesus. That is the one that I love and I will serve. And I, that's my redeemer. That's my master. That's my rabbi. That's my Messiah. Why? It is our scars that identify us to those that we are called to reach. So buck up, little buckaroo. I've got good news for you. Your pain, your past, your issues, your dysfunction, your reputation, your rap sheet. I'm preaching better than your shouting. These things don't disqualify you you they qualify you your scars don't disqualify you your scars qualify you now I don't need to see your education hanging up on an office wall to know you I don't need to know how much money you make a year to know you I don't need to examine what kind of clothes you wear to know you all I have to do is take one peek at your scars and I will know everything there is to know about you because scars tell a story. I have one on my hand here. You can't see it from where you are, but every time I see it, I'm reminded of the story behind the scar. I was 19 on top of a 30 foot tall tree, a handsaw in my hand. Yes, I used to do manly things. Let the church say amen. Sawing through a limb, didn't even realize that it broke through and hit my hand until I looked up and saw two inches of my skin, praise God, hanging from that saw blade. You know what happened? I love it. All the women, ew, I love it. You look down and the minute you look down, the blood starts pouring out. The pain sets in. I scurry down the tree, get a rag out of the toolbox. Not the most sanitary thing to do, but desperate times call for desperate measures. No one there to drive me. So I had to drive myself. And as I'm driving, I realize the blood is seeping through the rag that I'd wrapped my hand. And so I spent the rest of the drive with one arm out the window. It was a brand new truck. First blessing I ever blessed myself with. No way. The devil is a liar. Come on, somebody. You ever bless yourself with a blessing? Yeah. I'm like, no, I ain't going to get blood on this thing. So I get to the hospital, lost so much blood. I was dizzy, tripping, stumbling into things, put me in a wheelchair, rolled me into a room, gave me loads of stitches. My God, this wasn't the most intelligent thing I ever did, but did I ever get a great story out of it? Why? Because our scars tell a story. Years ago, we had a man that came to our church. Before he met Jesus, he was a debt collector. I'm not talking about for the Discover card. Y'all will get that on Tuesday. 
like bad debt. He had a scar, Pastor, from here all the way down to here. And if you were to work up the nerve to ask him where he got that scar, if he told you the story, it's an amazing story. I'm not going to tell it because I don't want to die. I'll tell you it involved nine men, a pipe wrench, and somehow him coming out victorious. Come on, Jesus. Our scars tell a story. The greatest thing I can tell you about scars, and this is where I want to shift your attention. Our scars show not a wound, but that there was a wound. This does not hurt anymore because it's not a wound. It was, but it's not. And your scars, watch me, I'm revolutionizing the way you look at this. Your scars actually speak more of your healing than they do your injury. <laughs> oh yes, they do. They speak more of your victory than they do your defeat. For 12 years, I used to wonder, how can I go on TV and preach about God being a restoring God when he hasn't done it yet in my family? Here's how. Just the fact that I survived was my victory. Just the fact that I was able to open my mouth and say the name of Jesus was my victory. And I'm tired of Christians that are hiding what they've been through. They don't want to tell nobody what they feel, what they face. The devil is a liar. There are people at your job. There are people in your school. There are people in your neighborhood that need to see what you've been through because your scars identify you to those that you are called to reach. So my scars in my life show something very powerful. They show not that I'm suffering, but that I suffered. They show that I'm not bleeding, but I bled. I went through it, but bless God, I got through it. And when I came out, my scars show that I came out bigger, better, stronger, wiser, on fire, under the anointing, dripping in oil. Don't hide those things. They're your testimony. Those scars speak more of your healing than they do your injury. And the church has become professional at hiding what we've been through. But your greatest testimony is not just letting everybody know, he woke me up this morning. Well, he woke us all up. Give you five reasons to praise him. He woke you up this morning. But if you're going through hell, there's some mornings you don't want him to wake you up. So what do I do when I'm going through such hell that I don't even want to wake up? I can't thank him just for waking me up. I got to thank him that he's going to take wounds and turn them into scars. That he'll heal me to the point where I'm no longer crippled. I'm no longer bleeding. But I got enough left on me that I can stand in front of you today and say I've been through the fire. But God brought me out. I need someone to get up on your feet and give God 30 seconds if you got some scars that identify what you have been through. Oh, give him praise. You've been through too much stuff in your life not to roar and to shout right now because you got some stuff on your life. All right, be seated. I'm almost done. So it's these scars in my life that I believe qualify me for ministry. Now, I believe in education, promote it, and encourage people to get education to the highest degree. But it is not my education. 
that has qualified me for ministry. Now, don't say amen here because you'll hurt my feelings. It's not my great gift to communicate, to teach or to preach, or even a lack thereof. Because there are people out there who are a whole lot better at this than me. And quite frankly, there's a lot of people out there who are a whole lot worse. I may not be the best, but praise God, we ain't the worst, Pastor Chad. So it's not education. It's not a gift. It's those scars. It's not who I know, although I know people. I can name drop. You want to see me name drop? Pastor Chad Dingus, what's up? There, I name drop. <laughs> Told you I know people. But it's not who I know. It's not what I've learned through a book. It is the scars in my life that have qualified me to preach the gospel to millions of people face to face. A young man that grew up in a town of 12,000 people who all knew me and hated me. Y'all know what it's like if you either loved or you hated. Come on, somebody. They hated me, and I came out of that, and God has allowed me to preach to 150,000 people at one time face to face. It ain't seminary or cemetery. It's not Bible school or a lack thereof. It's called hard knocks, baby. I've been through hell, kicked the devil's butt, and got the T-shirt to show it. It's your scars that qualify you. It's the scars in my life that qualify me to tell you today that no matter what it is you're going through, you're going to get through it. Because I've been there and I might have gone through your hell, but I've been through my own hell. And I've got scars on the other side of my fire to tell you that whatever it is you're going through, not only are you coming up out of it, but you're going to come out of it bigger, better, stronger, wiser, more powerful, and more anointed. It's the scars in your life that qualify you for whatever level of ministry God is calling. Some may stand on a stage. Some may stand behind an instrument. Some may do it in the office place, the workplace. But every one of you are anointed in this season by God to use your scars and your story and your testimony as evidence of not only who you are, but who God is. Give him praise. That's okay. I don't want to know where you work. I don't want to know your education. I don't want to know where you live. I don't want to know how much money you make. I want to know what have you been through. I'm tired of preachers preaching they never been through nothing. I'm tired of singers singing when they ain't been through nothing. I'm looking for folk that have been through hell and high water, have been burned and come out without the smell of smoke even on their clothes. I'm tired of hiding what I've been through. I'm getting ready to put it at the forefront so somebody can look at me like they looked at Jesus and I can say you're the one that I'm called to reach. It's your scars that identify you to those that you are called to reach. I was raised in church and what they taught us to do, if you have any weaknesses, any issues, you know, put your church face on. Screaming at your husband in the car. I'm not talking to you, but if I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you. And you open the door and the person in the vest is out there waving, good morning, welcome to Bethesda. You're like, praise the Lord. <laughs> Your husband's looking at you like, who are you? 
yelling at your kids, casting out devils, come on. The car door opens and you bring them to kids' church workers. Oh, we're having such a blessed day, highly favored, praise the Lord. Now I'm not encouraging you to come in here and emote every Sunday either. Oh, the devil's been after that. That's not a scar, that's pity. I'm encouraging you to take the testimony that costs you years of your life to step into and refuse to hide it behind a cloak of religiosity, an appearance of God with no power. Jesus, think about this. Instead of judging Thomas to the point where your lack of faith and lack of belief has disqualified you from revelation. He says to him, you represent a particular group. Hear, your, hear me now, hear me. You represent a particular group of people that won't see or won't believe unless they see. Some of you are saying something to people, but you're not letting them see what you're saying. Jesus is a savior. He's a redeemer. He'll make your life different. Great. Tell them what he did for you. Look, matter of fact, you won't even have to tell them what he'll do for them. All you have to do is show them what he did for you. Jesus understood with Thomas, there's a generation of people that are gonna have to actually not just grab this by faith, they're going to first grab it intellectually by you having enough credit to speak to them. And what gives me credit, what gives me equity with people, again, is not my education, it's not who I know, it's not the money I have or the money I don't have. They wanna know, have you been through something? And if you can show them what I've been through, and who I am now doesn't matter if you don't understand what I was. Jesus walks into that room. I feel the power of God here. Think about this, and, I, and there's a reason for this. I've often wondered, Pastor Chad, like in all the things that Jesus did, and as powerful as he was, we never heard of a scripture, a scenario, where he refused to use a door to walk into the room. He walked through the wall. And could it be just this? That there's a key to supernatural found in this exchange of showing who we are and what we've been through? How it opens up a generation of people who may not believe without seeing. Jesus walks into the room and he ignores everybody else and he walks right over to Thomas. It's time for Thomas to get his rebuke, right? But Jesus doesn't rebuke him. He says, you want to see them? Here they are. You want to touch them? Go ahead, right there. Right there, right here. Whew, this is so powerful. Because it shows us that not only are we supposed to talk about pain and let people hear it, we've got to let people begin to feel it. Let me dig into this because we're in a, a world right now where everything's about real. See these preachers, and I'm not being critical, they wake up at seven in the morning, they act like they have no makeup on, but you can see the makeup. 
I just woke up out of bed and I just want to have a real moment with you that's staged with spotlights and a staff. Y'all don't want to help me. And what they do is they talk about all these details. What are you feeling? I preached a few weeks ago and a woman came up to me after the service. Of course, my staff and team were with me. And she said, you were preaching about your situation with your father. And the Lord told me I had to release. She had been not molested, but even worse than that several times throughout her childhood. Terrible, kidnapped, everything. And I got in the car and I said, how in the world did she get that out of me preaching about not having a dad for 18 years? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. She couldn't relate to your details, but she sure could relate to your pain. Pain is this universal language. And if you let people know you have it, you feel it, but you've come out on the other side. This is this thing called transparency, where we live so real, so raw, that when we talk about pain, people don't just see it, they feel it. Don't hide your scars because your scars are what identify you to those that you are called to reach. So I was praying last night after having a beautiful steak. Thank God for cows. I was in the room praying and I said, Lord, what is it you want to do towards the end of that second service tomorrow? And I felt the Holy Ghost say to me that he is going to remove the shame that has attached itself to your scars. I had shame on my life for so many years because of my dad and what happened. But isn't it amazing to take the most embarrassing thing in my life and the first time I shared it on TV, there were 6.2 million people watching. I got the Nielsen's. Six point. So the first time I tell my story publicly, I got to do it in front of 6.2 million people. I walked off that stage and I got a holy laugh coming into my belly as I laughed at the devil, you dumb joker. Do you see what you done messed up when you crossed me? You think this is embarrassing? You think this is shameful? I'm gonna expose it to 6.2 million people in Sri Lanka, in Nigeria, in Ghana, in South Africa, in Australia. I had people from Korea, China, and Japan email me that night. And I sat in my little office in my little house laughing my head off at the devil saying, look what you did to take me out. You meant it for my evil, but God has turned it for good. Don't hide your scars. I felt the Holy Ghost say to me last night, I'm going to remove the shame that's attached itself to their scars because shame attaches itself to your scars. You feel devalued. You feel maybe even like it's your fault. But we're going to flip the script on the enemy today because the cycle of shame that has been over some of y'all's life and some of you have had it over your family it is going to be broken today. And what the enemy meant to be a badge of shame will be your greatest praise report. It will be your greatest testimony. And you will see the man of God's word come to pass in your life. When you start walking in this, people are going to come up to you and say, they do it to me all the time. I don't know why I'm talking to you. Well, I do.
I don't know why, but I just wanted to say hi. Oh, it's because I'm walking around transparent. I'll be willing to show my pain and what I've been through just to win one. And I declare and decree over you today that the cycle of shame that's attached itself to your scars is going to be broken. You know, there are some of you that have shame that's attached itself to your last name. I remember not wanting to tell people at school what my last name was because there was shame attached to my last name. Well, today in the name of Jesus, it's going to be broken. In the name of Jesus, it's going to be broken. There is shame that's attached itself to your past, the sin, the bondage, the addiction. It's going to be broken off of you today. Shame that's attached itself to your pain. Isn't it amazing how you can be abused and you're the one who's ashamed and it wasn't your fault. You can be left and abandoned and you feel responsible even though it was the devil is a liar. That's going to be broken off of you today in the name of Jesus. Shame that's attached itself even to your physical appearance. We're going to break it off of you today and we're going to watch God flip the script and take what the enemy meant to take you out and use it for your good. I need you to stand all over this room. I feel God in here today. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Worship team, come on. I feel God doing something in here. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Just like that man in Mark chapter 3 had to expose that burnt and disfigured hand. It said when he did, it became whole like the other. We're not hiding our pain. Come on, church. Lift up your hands. We're not hiding the abuse. We're not going to hide what the abandonment did to us. Rather, we're going to stretch it out today. And as we do, healing will come. And may those at your job, may those at your school begin to see your testimony. Not just a testimony. Oh, I go to church twice a week. I run a connect group. I help in the parking. No, no, no. They're going to see that you used to be a drug head, but now you follow the Holy Ghost. They're going to see that you're about to leave your husband, but God got a hold of your marriage and turned it inside out and upside down. I'm looking all around this room today with your hands lifted, and I'm seeing scarred lives. I'm seeing lives that have been hurt by the abuse and by abandonment, but today God is flipping the script. I'm not going to hide my scars because those scars identify me to those that God has called me to reach. I need that music to fill this room. I need your hands lifted. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost that's breaking that yoke and destroying it today. Shame is coming off of you now in the name of Jesus. Abuse will no longer define you. The blood will define you. The power of God will define you. And today, Satan, I declare in these lives, you have lost. You're not losing. You have lost because what didn't kill us just made us stronger and our praise will be with hands that have scars when we clap it'll be with hands that have scars these scars don't speak of our injury they speak of our healing they don't speak of defeat they speak of victory and I need you Bethesda today let's take three minutes to worship God exposing every pain every issue my scars don't weaken me my scars strengthen me somebody clap your hands and give him some praise today come on clap those scarred hands just a moment we're going to worship but here's how I want you to worship I want you to worship knowing that when we expose the hand we expose the scars supernatural things happen where doors are closed, walls begin to open. That's what Jesus did. He just walked through the wall. 
supernatural things will happen. And I felt this, Pastor, in the first service. You guys are really, I mean, you're obviously a supernatural church. You wouldn't have this where you are if you weren't a supernatural church. But listen to what God is getting ready to do. He's getting ready to take you into a season of the supernatural. Just where supernatural collides with strategy and vision. And there's going to be a very, I'm gonna just be honest with you, I'm gonna be praying for you because it's going to be difficult to pastor it, to lead it, to manage it, because it's hard doing things where there is no reference point. And you guys are gonna step into such a season of supernatural. There will be people that will run down to this altar before you even give them a chance. There will be a day that when Pastor Chad comes up here and tells you of the over 50 people that gave their life to Jesus and the 40 that are gonna get baptized, that you will, without a hairdryer and a change of underwear, praise God for the change of underwear, you will jump in this tub before they even start the baptism. That's called supernatural. And you'll say, you can keep the draws for the next time. Come on. Where people will begin to scream out and it won't be disorderly. Pastor will say, what's going on back there? I don't understand. I had a lump right here, but it's gone. I'm telling you, you're stepping into a season of the supernatural. You could feel the power of God. Those that walked on the road of Emmaus, they said, our hearts did burn within us. We should have known it was you. But this encounter that he had with Thomas was so in your face, so punch you in the mouth. There's no way you could deny it's me because this is what you saw me go through. This is, but look at me now. I'm alive. I'm well. I'm risen from the dead and I'm going to ascend to heaven. Oh, that people at your job would see a dead you that's been raised to life again, a beaten, broken, abandoned, and abused you that's walking around singing in the joy of the Holy Ghost and freedom. I'm telling you, your scars are going to be your greatest testimony. Clap your hands and give him praise. So here's what I want to do. This, this, this is not a call for salvation necessarily or a call for you to commit your life to Christ. What I want to call you to this altar for here in just a moment is for those of you that are, and this message hits you because you're like, there's a lot of things I've been through and the enemy has tried to shame me, tried to embarrass me, tried to tell me that because of what I went through, I'm disqualified. And if you're ready to take those scars and flip the script on the enemy and allow what you've been through not to be what keeps you from what God has, but the very thing that will propel you for what God has. If that's you, I'm gonna pray over you. And I promise you under the anointing, because I've been praying for this for a few weeks, you will walk out of here today with a greater manifestation of God's presence on your life. If you're ready to do what I did at 13, snotting on a stage, crying and I told the devil you will regret the day you took my dad from me
because for the rest of my life, as long as there's breath in my body and I'm screaming louder at 43 than I was when I was 17, as long as there's breath in my body, I will make you regret what you did because I will tell everybody about it. I will show them what I've been through and I will show them that God brought me through it bigger, better, and stronger. If you want that to be your testimony today, keep clapping. If you want that to be your testimony, God's going to use the scars. I need you right now while you clap to come up out of your seat and begin to press at this altar. I'm going to just pray a prayer over you. We're going to flip the script. Come on, keep clapping. If you're ready for God to take your scars and turn them into power, turn them into a testimony, turn them into destiny. Come on, come on out of your seat. Clap your hands, Bethesda, and give God some praise because he's getting ready to flip the script. Come on, let's worship. Let's worship. Lift up your hands. Come on. Those hands have scars on them. Your voice has a scar on that voice. Come on, worship him today and don't hold back from him. Come on, let him have all your praise. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.